Hey, this is Anish Vital. Welcome to the B2B Marketing Hustle Podcast. A lot of people find it difficult to show true value of marketing when it comes to growth contribution. The answer might lie in revenue marketing. To discuss this more in detail, let's invite our today's guest, Mr. Sain Tendaskupta from Gramlab. Hey, Sain, welcome to the show. Hey, Sanish, thank you for inviting me. Um, I appreciate that. How have you been? Doing good. Um, hope you are good as well, and hope this COVID is not troubling you too much. You know, you have to live with it, right? <laughs> the story goes on. The show must go on, right? True. So, Sain, um, for the benefit of our listeners, could you give us more details about your role and what is your job? Sure. So, uh, my role right now is like I had uh, a demand generation as the director at Gramina. uh basically graminer is an award winning data science company and we are based out of new jersey princeton primarily however we have uh, uh five offices worldwide um talking about my role sanish primarily it 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 involves like providing uh, strategic directions then you know owning the marketing pnl and then you know also uh, providing um and uh, like contributing to a healthy pipeline and sales en- en- enablement right so that is primarily what i look after uh, in this role right that's terrific that's terrific mm-hmm. um so sign um uh, i believe that uh, you you accomplish uh, this task um, by using the revenue marketing model so could you give us a bit more details about uh, how did you uh, land onto this particular model and how has this been helping you so far hmm interesting story so you know i had been into corporate communications for a long time now and you know i was also an entrepreneur myself right um mm-hmm. and then you know later on i worked for two venture capital firms uh, and i wore multiple hats uh, on those job roles right so mm-hmm. you know briefly when i was working with jarvis uh, they were like a hong kong based venture capital firm um i was however based out of the india office uh, here in gurgaon um i was pretty much you know helping their portfolio companies with go to market strategies demand gen product marketing media strategies and so on you know and the beauty of it is i was handling about uh, 12 b2b and b2b to c ventures primarily in the tech space so uh, you know i was like on the other side of the table i mean like on the okay. vc side of things right uh, yeah. pretty much uh, the model was like an accelerator as a service kind of a model uh, so basically i used to treat our portfolio company startups as clients right and then provide them strategic directions so it's intriguing how i got exposed to revenue marketing very early, early on and at scale by scale i mean like you know doing it for one company versus doing it for 10 to 12 companies at the same time is a different ball game altogether um but yeah i mean a lot of sleepless nights a lot of hustles go into it um, but then you know uh, there is a lot of learning and uh, like 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 you know um i learned very early on um like like different types of companies how uh, to expose their products into the market and you know mm-hmm. 
what kind of uh, things go into uh, like strategy then you know uh, planning execution so there's a lot of hustle right mm-hmm. so uh, something very interesting happened you know since i was wearing the vc hat myself so mm-hmm. when the founders of these startup companies when their sales people when their marketing heads used to meet us during sprint meetings right mm-hmm. what i understood like you know vcs only care about two or three matrices that's all you know they just care about stuff like you know how much did you close uh, what is the churn rate uh, did you increase uh, any revenue so that kind of stuff you know so uh, okay. so no fluff vanity metrics they're not interested in like how many leads and you know <laughs> and all of that jazz right so right. Th- they were pretty much focused on dollar value what are you uh, winning today right and True. then you know Sanish, later on i moved on to another venture capital firm uh, this was an us based venture capital firm where i was a partner and also wore a vp of marketing hat i was pretty much doing a similar low role there too but with much greater intensity because north america market is very different than when i was back with the apac based hong kong based uh, firm right so you know was that into b2b as well uh, yes, I mean uh, tech startups, uh, uh, not necessarily B two B, but then mm-hmm. you know B two B and also B two B two C ventures we were investing in, right? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So there, um, while I was a partner, I also wore a VP of marketing hat for one of the product based companies. This this was one of their flagship company I was working for. So you know it was more like. A rinse and repeat, uh, and a fixed few tweaks here and there. So that's pretty much the story how the revenue marketing uh, ball game uh, kind of started and also uh, scaled at scale. You know, so yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's actually a very interesting story. So that gave you the uh, strong foundations on the working models of the revenue marketing. Totally. So could you could you give us more details on um, mm-hmm. what this model actually means and how this can actually help marketers see um see if you look at what kind of success did i see right um mm-hmm. see success is very uh, like 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 hard to attribute you know mm-hmm. to each their own i mean like with revenue marketing um see the way to look at it it is like there are two kind of success one is long term versus short term right so mm-hmm. long term for me would be how much recurring revenue is being generated or created right mm-hmm. how are you handling your customer churn rate like and short and and then you know short term would be are you building enough pipeline for your sales team to close in the coming quarters right or immediately I would say, like, did you contribute to at least two new logos in your existing quarter? So these are some of the factors that I look at, you know. So usually, okay. usually, you know, there are like, like, see, no model is right or wrong. I mean, like, you know, uh, like, like people can't come and tell you, right? Hey, I'm the marketing guru, or like, you know, I'm the best of best, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like that. See, you have to test your like, like you've tried, test what works for you. Usually mm-hmm. what I suggest for a well-oiled marketing team, 
by that I mean if you are like 10 to 12 people, 10 to 15 people in the marketing team, right? Mm-hmm. You guys should be at least contributing to about 15 to 20% of the revenue uh, in that fiscal year, right? So marketing should be contributing to that. You know, to really cite an example, how did we win? Um, and I'll just like quickly share an example with you. Uh, for me, from a branding and a logo perspective, right? Like uh, just in my previous company that I worked for, right? The team and I were able to get over 173 media articles, stories published at almost no cost, you know, under 14 months. So that was a very big win. I mean, like 173 articles at no cost under 14 months was a game-changing uh, kind of a stature for uh, their portfolio companies and the company, right? From a revenue perspective, Sanish, uh, the team and I, we were able to elevate the lead gen game by almost 7x under 18 months, uh, especially for that microservice-based company that I worked for, right? We were able to kind of build about uh, $21 million in pipeline, uh, if I'm not wrong, right? Earlier, they were sitting at about a $2.73 million. And then, okay. you know... That's almost like a seven x growth, right? Like, and then, and then from a closure standpoint, my team and I were able to contribute about one point nine seven million dollars in closures, right? So that's an incredible growth, there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, see, yeah. uh, so, 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 the company was at about an eight billion dollar ERR company, and then uh, your marketing team is contributing to almost about two million dollars in closures from marketing generated like MQLs and opportunities, right? So there was a great sense of fulfillment and we all made money, right? So yeah. that's how we won, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Sain, let me take a step back here and uh, ask you, um, how do you do, uh, get the management to buy into this particular model? Well, you see, you know, sometimes beyond the numbers game, it's sometimes about trust too. I mean, see, not all management are same or have the same kind of uh, methodologies, right? Mm -hmm. So the management needs to trust their basically department leaders. For example, if you have a marketing leader, right? Or if you have a sales leader, right? Give him or her the liberty to kind of strategize and, you you know, lay out the playground, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't give them that, then why did you hire them in the first place, right? (laughs) <laughs> so, so you know, um, for me, uh, pretty much like two, three weeks into the job, uh, you know, I got directly involved with the board members and the executive leadership team, right? And mm-hmm. I had a very good experience earlier also, like working with 12, 15 startups earlier, creating their PNL, creating their marketing strategies, creating their sales strategies, right? So it was more like a rinse and repeat for me at that point of time and also at this point of time, right? So, you know, uh, Sanish, the thing that stood out was I advised uh, the management team that, um, like, you know, we should implement a model where the marketing team has to contribute to, like, ops, building right now see mm-hmm. ops basically something which is greater than sql right mm-hmm. um and then you know so so the hard hardest part you know sanish what happens is even after you do like five ten iterations of the model uh trying to and see i'm not a fan of like too many items in your uh 
model right like absolutely yeah by yeah. by model i mean like you know you, sh- you should all see see not everyone is good at everything right so you should be like okay uh, my team can do a b c d e that's all i mean like like no more fluff i mean the channels can be many the uh, the ways can be different right but then right. end of the day right that was my learning from the vc side of things right so so you just care about dollars closed what have you generated in the pipeline and how much is closing right so mm-hmm. when you start like thinking in terms of closures and like like the value that you create for your prospective customers right that's when mm-hmm. you start really thinking about a very uh, demand focused model right uh, rather than a very marketing kind of a model so the model that uh, i advised um, Uh, my management team was more like an ops building model rather than a very branding marketing based model right, uh, right. now the biggest challenge comes uh, when uh, you have to also kind of like get a buy in from your team members however uh, when you give clear directions to your teams and cascade it down like you know they all buy it right and the beauty of it is right you know you'll see like a like a seo person chasing a sales person saying that hey close 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 because my money is tied to your closures right so right, right. so see see we hear these stories right like marketing and sales don't go hand in hand they have a lot of like like uh, like fights and you know chaos between them but then when you have a model like this right it's mm-hmm. marketing and sales are like two of your hands one is the left hand one is the right hand right and right, right. you know when there's that kind of energy when you're SEO guy or like a like a um like say a designer is saying the sales had to close right that's when you know that mm-hmm. you know it's working and and, and it, it's an evolving process right so pretty much uh, uh the two things that i uh, tell you know um, that your designer's goal should also be tied to revenue closures your uh, <laughs> like like Or else it's not fun, you know. See, the designer yes. will be like, "Hey, I'm creating this de- design, and I don't care about what happens afterwards, right?" But then, right. when a designer starts thinking that, "Hey, will this design close, right?" So that's when you know the beauty of this model is working, right? And and you know, be like no pudging around. I mean, like you know, everyone should be focused towards closure in mind. Uh, but then you know, uh, there there are always balls drop. at some point of time but the beauty of it is like you know you analyze what was dropped you improvise you get it right so you get the picture right yeah yes yes i think that's that's uh, something that has to do with uh, our uh, change in perspective because of uh, the 2020 unless um, sales and marketing works hand in hand i don't think um, uh, anything can go back into traditional ways True, okay. true. So much has changed, you know, since we uh, last yeah. um, like like tried tested um, those backdated models, right? True. true. So, Sam, uh, what sort of hiccups um, did you face um, when you implemented this model for the first time in this organization? Sure. Um, so, a classic would be budget allocation. You know, <laughs> that tends to be the major hiccup. <laughs> Always yeah, a problem. I mean, yeah. for for a marketing leader or like a PNL owner, right? If your board or mm-hmm. if your CEO does not uh, uh, 
like 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 give you that enough bandwidth of spend right um mm-hmm. then how can you even expect the output right or um, so 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 i mean like typically you know uh, your board members will come to you and say like hey uh, marketing team demand team i need 5x in pipeline for my sales team but if you're not willing to pump in that standard 8 to 10% of your projection as spend mm-hmm. mm, then my say is that you won't get that trust me you know um, i understand that there are lean methodologies and books and books written on how to do it organically but then well good luck to you <laughs> so personally as a pnl owner uh sanish my job was pretty much uh, to make the management understand with proper calculations and data uh that like like you know how this uh, model will benefit uh, them and i did that di- diligently you know and you know and they understood the importance of uh like you pump in x as input and you expect y as output right so from a management yeah. standpoint uh they have to make their marketing leaders absolute pnl owners while their focus should be on larger ten transactions and org wide strategy so that is my take on um this question right beautiful um i i am actually intrigued to understand what sort of metrics that goes behind it but for now i'll just park uh-huh. this question we'll come back to sure. this later um there's something i actually wanted to understand um since you had great success with revenue marketing everything's okay. fantastic kudos to that but in case if it didn't go as well as you planned what would have been the flip side of see this? you know i don't i don't have a straight answer for that you know uh, you are either in that revenue generating game or you are not like there are no gray areas in between you know see a lot of Uh, mm-hmm. see a lot of brands focus on branding as their primary objective and that's not a bad thing you know to each their own mm-hmm. but uh, but sanish you know there's no one winning formula as i told you right see what works best for you right and build from there so uh, see if th- if this does not work right something else mm-hmm. might work for you like it's like 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 all of us tell my teams right you know um like like one size does not fit all right like you you have right. to see what is working best for you uh but nevertheless right uh when your teams are hyper focused uh with lead gen and building like advocates right in the market right like like you have to make your customers your advocates when they speak good about you right uh other people similar companies like them see you as a thought leader in the industry and eventually they'll come right. to you to buy like you know so i don't have a straight answer for a flip side model right uh, that's all right i like that answer in <laughs> right mm. do you think uh, this model is going to be evolving in future what do you see that this can translate see, every moment every moment you know new tech stack is coming out like you know new um, like like ways are coming out you know back back in those days 10 15 years back when we started right like like you know podcast would have been like something like this what we are doing right now would have been a dream right but you know but it's really? happening real time uh, right now as we speak at different continents at different places of the world right so you know see True. the future always uh, like 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 always depends on what kind of strategy you're building uh, and see um, over this podcast i will uh, kind of you know 
focus on the word strategy a lot because you know unless you strategize right right now right you can't win in the future and you know like like i have always been personally i've always been a fan of like a 30 to 45 days marketing programs right so usually i tell my teams you know where is your uh, content calendar where is your um, campaign calendar but I am not looking for a 90-day, a quarter kind of a program, you know, because... That was my next question to me. <laughs> but thank you for answering yeah, that. Like, like, see, trust me, you, you know, like, see, COVID hit us. We didn't know that it'll hit us suddenly. Uh, and then right. every strategy has to change. And you are just like rolling out campaigns on, hey, work from home, like, you know, uh, like, like, I'm here to empower you with this technology, that technology, right? Suddenly the world changed, right? So, so, so I am not a fan of like a quarterly program, max 30 to 45 days program, you know, see what is working. Iterate and then Mm -hmm. rinse and repeat the best of the activities that has worked for you. So, you know, uh, like long story short, if your current strategy is right, your future is bright, man. (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to quote you on that on social media. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, so uh, now that we have understood what uh, revenue marketing can do for an organization, I would like to go a bit more in depth of it to understand what sort of structure is your team comprised of. Okay, talking about team, you know, um, the present team is very winning and a growing team, you know. The way I look at it is like under the demand gen org, right, there are two basically functions. Mm-hmm. One A would be the code dimension team, and that would be my mm-hmm. inside sales lead, my global marketing lead, my content lead, and uh, you know, and the rest of the team uh, that would be B, my demand gen enablement team. So, who are they comprised of? They are SEO, design, digital, events, research, etc. Right. So, the way mm-hmm. to look at it is like demand gen and demand gen L enablement kind of a structure, right? With respect to my current team, uh, each of them are great marketers and I would say they're importantly, most importantly, they are great observers as well, you know. Uh, They know their responsibilities and have a very clear direction, you know. Like, we all know, like, like, if you ask my designer, even he would be able to tell you that we have to hit X number of MQLs every month or quarter, right? Now, now, that that is a definitely a strong yeah, suit. But now, 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 Sanish, when I talk about MQLs, you know, I'm not talking about something yeah. vanity. Okay, for us, MQLs yeah. really mean people who have already had a meeting with you. I mean, my inside sales team, they have already had a meeting with them. They have a budget. Mm-hmm. They have authority to buy our products and solutions. That's when we actually bring them in the funnel. Until then, you know, it's just like top of the funnel, you know, for us. Uh, we don't care about top of the funnel. We are pretty much looking at MQLs as the middle of the funnel. And, you know, that's when we pass it on to our sales team, right? Like my my team. So, yeah. so, so again, you know, uh, we do not track, track those vanity matrices like form fails, website visits. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. these are not MQLs for us, trust me, you know. And uh, as new generation marketers, right, we, we, we have a very good philosophy that we do not spam people with stuff like, you know, uh, 
series of emails and buy from us and we are better than x company of course we do keep an eye on them right uh, we, we score them mm-hmm. in our crm but only when we see that they have shown very significant interest that's when we go after them right that's when we uh, and our approach is a little different than others right you know we connect them to our existing clients right we we tell right. them see a company like you uh, has used our products uh, and solutions and you know mm-hmm. they are growing every day right so basically our focus is making our clients our advocates you know so that is mm-hmm. my uh, team in a nutshell they're hyper focused brilliant marketers you know and great observers right yep so this actually um, uh, brings a question for me uh, what sort of measurable mm-hmm. goals are you responsible for and how are you cascading them to your immediate teams sure see um like i said uh, some time back you know uh, one does not need to measure 200 things to win right um i have a very uh, a very short uh, structure um in the model that uh, we have implemented and we only track like five things right uh, a um like how many mqls uh, you and your team is generating right uh, then mm-hmm. how many of these mqls became ops uh, that is basically will contribute to your cumulative ytd right then mm-hmm. what are the assets and this is more from a demand gen enablement team right the first two are pretty much like the core uh, in uh, the core demand gen team and from a enablement team what i expect is how much uh, assets have they developed uh, to enable sales right like sales enablement right um, mm-hmm. from my digital team what i expect is you know uh, what did we give back to our audience right uh, mm-hmm. both customers and prospective audience right so basically did we give them back something this quarter today this week to learn from us right sometimes uh, you know you have to get out of that lead gen motion and give back to the society right eventually right. they will get to you right like so these are the four five things that we have set up and every team member is aligned to the same goal uh, so uh, long story short uh, you just have to track five things um, to win right mm-hmm. perfect so um again i i want to dig a bit more deeper mm-hmm. into it as in um do you have any goal setting process in place like okrs or do you have any tools that you use to make ensure this happens yes um so we use something called um, simple okr as our tech stack mm-hmm. one of the tech stacks right and uh, mm-hmm. i mean um we are sometimes old school too we use excel also you know <laughs> so, yeah. so i mean uh, yeah, yeah i mean uh, see end of the day right end of the day um, uh, see sanish i'm not too much of a fan of tools and tech stack right even though we use a lot of them right um, mm-hmm. end of the day when you know your designer knows how much mqls you have to generate this quarter right, uh, it, right. it's there in the back of your mind you know it uh, like in counting fingers that you have abcd right uh, so yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's uh, that's pretty much it right mm-hmm. yep it's definitely not the tools uh, that's going to define the growth of marketing it's the thought totally. process 
but yeah the tools does help us to make things much more easy i agree i agree mm-hmm. so um as we are into 2021 are you planning to go for any in person events or uh, are you thinking that virtual events might be the route for See, in person, that will depend on whether or not the vaccine is out soon, right? We all are waiting eagerly uh, for uh, that, right? Um, However, uh, we don't want to risk it. Um, If everything goes fine, we will uh, be there, um, you know, at trade shows, right? However, if not, virtual engagements are great. I mean, look at what happened. The the world, uh, like, suddenly... Zoom became a billionaire overnight, right? Like, you know, like, right. and um, the virtual world has picked up by Strom, you know, and there are so many platforms out there that give you very immersive experience. So, I mean, like, yeah, uh, we, we did participate in a lot of uh, uh, virtual events last year. Uh, yeah, and it was great. So now what do you think is your biggest marketing challenge for this year or at this present time? Sure. See, with more and more similar solutions and products in the market, right? Sometimes, um, you know, the price point that we want to sell at versus the budget that a prospect has uh, becomes very hard to crack, you know? So there's so much of content assets out there, you know? Getting a lead into the funnel sometimes becomes a difficult game. Uh, What worked for us last time may not work for us this time, you know? So we had to pivot a lot during uh, the COVID times and to get someone in the funnel was a task in itself, you know. You know, things like that are challenging. Overall, like, you know, if you have an eye for um, new ways of marketing your stuff, like, like, like you know, uh, you just can't be sending email campaigns and spamming your prospects saying, buy me, buy me, buy me, right? Like, they'll not give a damn to... Uh, you, right? They get 1,000 of those, right? If they need it, they'll come and buy from you. If they don't need it, like just move on, right? Okay. So on that line, what do you think would be the top two things that you would be picking up for 2021? Um, two things on my list would be bite-sized videos as a channel. So mm-hmm. by bite-sized, I mean like some anything under two minutes, right? Uh, be it whatever like for us we would love to see more and more of our leaders talking about um, like data AI low code platform and you know such Mm -hmm. technologies uh, that um, you know would be helpful for uh, decision makers to kind of um, quickly grab Uh, so you know the the beauty is that um, if you are putting a out like very short bite-sized stuff out there, right? It is very easily consumable, right? And then, you know, right. people gain interest over it, right? On it. Uh, so um, that is one. And the other would be like a collaborative podcast that uh, we want to try out, you know, uh, in 2021 uh, so that, you know, uh, podcasts are something very interesting and winning. You can basically listen to a podcast even while you're at the gym or while you are like taking a walk, right? So these are two yep. things that uh, we are uh, very um, hopeful for and looking out to implement. Look forward to it. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so to put all these things together, what sort of tech stack are you currently using? Hmm. So, you know, 
um, we basically believe in less is more. But at the he- at the hem of it, uh, of course, we believe less is more. But then, of course, we do have a healthy tech stack like for uh, uh, for task allocation and our CRM. We use HubSpot. Uh, for database management, we use ZoomInfo. Um, for integrations and automations, we use uh, a Zapier. For webinars, we use Go to Webinar. Um, and you know, for customer enablement, we use Zoom. Um, interestingly, our CMS uh, is our own platform. It's Gramex. You know, for uh, asset management, we use Airtable. Uh, and for any other requests. Uh, company-wide from other departments we use GitLab mm-hmm. yeah so we don't believe in like we need 500 tools to uh, basically uh, get a prospect to buy you but then you know rather that's rather we believe in less is more right and we love to make human connections uh, understand buyers pain point give them what they're looking for right like so we kind of uh, try to get that intent data as much as possible right like prospects should have a sense of urgency uh, to buy your product right now you know and i believe in not spamming them with like white papers light papers and all that jazz you know so little tools help you here and there so at the end of the day it's a process and you know if they are winning your prospects are winning your um, customers are winning right it's a win it's a win-win for uh, you too right at the end of the day, all that matters is if that's getting your things done. Totally, so, totally, totally. Um, so this brings almost close to the end of the show, but not uh-huh. yet. So I have uh, one last question to ask you. So could you give me one other awesome marketer who you think I should talk to? Sure. Um, you could reach out to someone called Krishnan Chatterjee. He, he's, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he is currently the head of marketing at SAP. Um, and, uh, you know, he's also uh, a chief uh, customer officer too, right? Uh, he can give you a lot of uh, uh, thoughts on um, how um, a new generation marketing looks like, right? So Wonderful. that would be Wonderful. my suggestion. Right? Hey, Krishan, uh, I'm definitely reaching out to you. And yep, that brings us to the end of the show. And thanks a lot, Sian, for being our first guest. Thank you for having me, Sanish. It was my pleasure talking to you. Hey, listeners. Hope you like this episode. If you did, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you're listening from. It'll help me a ton. Thank you.